Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. From our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah. how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Great to have you with me on this first day of September. It's a Friday, which means we've got high school football tonight, college football tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, Monday. And we are six days away from the start of the National Football League, the opener in Kansas City. The Chiefs taking on the upstart Detroit Lions. You can hear that Thursday night game right here on WSBT Radio. I just watched an old Monday night football open with Dandy Don Meredith, Frank Gifford, and Howard Cosell. Fran Tykington and the Minnesota Vikings taking on Roger Staubach and the Dallas Cowboys. Pretty cool. The graphics back then, I remember them as a kid. They looked really cool then. Now they're kind of cool just because they're nostalgic. But we've got Lions and Chiefs to kick off the season in six days. Well, great to have you with me here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. We're live on 960 AM WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com. Also on our free WSBT radio app. And we have the one camera shot right now in our studio on the Twitch app. We're on the air until 645 tonight. Then it's the South Bend Cubs at the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. All the play-by-play here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coming up on the program, we have our hat trick of opening topics. Later on in the program, you'll hear from a very exciting running back of the Fighting Irish, Jadarian Price. We'll take a look at... The Notre Dame opponents and their schedule for the weekend. We have our Twitter question of the day to get to. We have 
some college football sports wagering picks to pass along. Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated and I kick around Notre Dame football topics in the 6 o'clock hour, and we're going to wrap up the program right around 6.35 or so. You're going to hear Fighting Irish quarterback Sam Hartman's interview on the Dan Patrick Show earlier this week. Of course, you can hear the Dan Patrick Show right here on WSBT Radio each weekday from 9 until noon, and there's been a lot of Notre Dame representation on that program the last couple of weeks. We are heading toward a game day tomorrow here in South Bend, Indiana. Welcome to all the folks from out of town heading to South Bend for today's, or excuse me, tomorrow's matchup between the Irish and the Tigers of Tennessee State University. Of course, we have you covered here on WSBT Radio. It all starts at 10 a.m. with our game day interview show. That show from 10 a.m. to noon, and it's going to be broadcasting live from Eddy Street Commons right across from Five Guys, so you can stop by, get some pictures, get some autographs, and Tim Growl and Jim Irizarry will be speaking with Tom Gatewood, 1970 Notre Dame Consensus All-American wide receiver. Also on the guest list, former Notre Dame and NFL defensive back and return specialist Alan Rossum. Former Irish linebacker Torian Smith will be on the program, and there's a couple of more guests to be announced. You can catch the game day show again from 10 a.m. to noon, just across from Five Guys at Eddy Street Commons. That show takes you into game day sports beat, powered by Bud Light. I'll be joined by the publisher of InsideIndieSports.com, Eric Hansen, and the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, Tyler Horka. Our three-man crew will break down Notre Dame football. We're not necessarily going to be focused so much on Tennessee State for obvious reasons, but we're talking all things Fighting Irish football from noon until 2.30. We will be live inside of Notre Dame Stadium, getting us set for kickoff at 3.30. And then Jim comes back with... The All-American running back, Reggie Brooks, right after the game, the official Notre Dame football postgame show here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Not a lot of news today involving Notre Dame football. There's no media obligation, so it's a pretty quiet day from a Notre Dame football standpoint. A couple of nuggets to pass along. Former Irish quarterback Tyler Buckner will not be the starter for Alabama tomorrow. When the Crimson Tide take on Middle Tennessee State in Tuscaloosa, Buckner was beat out by Jalen Milrow. Probably not a big surprise since he was taking most of the first team reps in front of the media late in fall camp. So Milroy, who filled in last year when Bryce Young went down with an injury, he's not the most consistent thrower of the football. Running the ball, he is lightning in a bottle. And in very limited play, he turned it over three times. So there's really no guarantee that he's going to be the starter from game one up until Alabama's last game, but he gets the first start. Now, I will say this, Nick Saban has not officially announced this. The information has been leaked out and it's been reported by multiple outlets. So Tyler Buckner will be on the bench. And I guess the question is, if Milroy is starting, Who is the backup? Is it the young guy, Ty Simpson, or is it the old Irish quarterback, Tyler Buckner? And this is not being mean toward Tyler, but the Irish got a pretty good trade 
in getting Sam Hartman. And then Tyler goes to Alabama. Irish are winning right now. And I think the old Crimson Tide would like to have this number 10 on their sideline. In fact, during Hartman's interview on the Dan Patrick Show, which you'll hear at the end of the program, he mentioned some of the schools that contacted him initially when he entered the transfer portal in Alabama was one of those schools. But he said, no thank you to Big Al and the folks in Tuscaloosa. It sounded like it was either Notre Dame or the NFL for Sam Hartman, and we are very happy the 24-year-old decided to play one more year of college football and what a start to his season last week with the four touchdown strikes over in Dublin against the United States Naval Academy. So Milroy apparently will start for Alabama at quarterback tomorrow, and Tyler Buckner will be one of the backups. The other story worth noting today, the Atlantic Coast Conference has approved the additions of the California Golden Bears and the Stanford Cardinal from the old Pac-12 and SMU. The Mustangs are joining the ACC. These three teams come into the ACC for the 24-25 athletic season. So with those three additions, the ACC now has 18 league members 17 of those 18 teams play full-time football. I'll let you guess who the odd team not on that list is. I think you know who that is. So the ACC brought in three teams, three universities that aren't going to necessarily move the needle in terms of people turning on their televisions to watch these teams play. This basically was insurance this was protection because if the ACC starts to lose members and they go below 15 apparently ESPN can renegotiate their media deal and ask for less money to broadcast ACC games so with the possibility of North Carolina Clemson and Florida State eventually leaving the ACC and now let's say that happens You have 18 league members, 17 playing full-time football. Those three leave. You're still at 15 league members, and you don't have to renegotiate that deal with ESPN. That's the last thing ESPN wants to do because if Clemson, Carolina, Florida State leave, those are three universities that bring a lot of people to their television set. That would be a big-time blow. I mean, the ACC is not the, the conference it used to be right now. It looks very diminished. It just looks kind of broken when you have to bring in three teams like this that aren't very attractive just to protect yourself from having to renegotiate your TV deal. But they did what they had to do. Credit to them. So I guess, Notre Dame fans, we have to get ready for your favorite non-Notre Dame football team to see them go out to Stanford or Cal or SMU for a conference game starting next year doesn't sound very exciting does it but again the ACC is doing what it needs to do to stay alive in a time where conferences are scrapping and clawing to improve themselves something that the Pac-12 could not do and now the Pac-12 is down to two teams Washington State and Oregon State what in the world is going to happen to those two teams it's kind of sad actually Now to our hat trick of opening topics. 
518 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. First topic of three tonight. What do I want to see from the Irish offense tomorrow against Tennessee State? This isn't going to be my normal list. This is assuming that Notre Dame will take control of this game early with outstanding play. They have the advantage when you look up and down the rosters. They're a more talented football team, and they should be able to take care of business in this contest. With that being said, these are some of the things I'm looking forward to seeing. In the second half, looking forward to getting a lot of snaps under the belt of quarterback Steve Angeli. Now he's gotten some opportunities last year to hand off the football. He threw the ball for the first time against Navy last Saturday and completed the pass to Rico Flores Jr. You can never give this guy enough snaps because he is the guy that would replace Sam Hartman if blank, blank, blank happened. So you want to get him as ready as possible and getting him as many snaps tomorrow would be great. This might be thinking too far outside of the box. Hey, I'm not a head coach. All of us in the media, you the fans, we always have great ideas that sometimes may not be the best if you were the head coach. But I wonder, I just wonder if Notre Dame, hypothetically, is up 21-0 going to the second quarter. Hypothetically, would it be beneficial to the Notre Dame offense, including Steve Angeli, to put him in for a series with the number one offense? Again, keep in mind, I'm saying it's 21-0 and things are going well going to the second quarter. Would it benefit him to spend just a little time in a game situation with that number one offensive line and all the great weapons that Sam Hartman has to work with? That's just a wild idea I had. I don't know if it's a good idea. I'm not a coach, but that came to mind. But he'll get his opportunities in the second half, and it's good to see him getting as much experience as possible. And we'll see if Kenny Minchie makes his collegiate debut in the second half of this ball game. Jadarian Price, Jeremiah Love, the present and the future of the Notre Dame running game. I am really looking forward to seeing one or both of these guys break one into the open field. Turn on the Jets, baby, and let it fly. Let's see how fast these guys are. You might remember Price running away from the defense in the 2022 Blue Goal game, catching a pass, and he was gone. like to see the same with Love as well. Jeremiah's first carry in college, he did the old John Elway Super Bowl 32 against the Packers helicopter move as he got tackled and spun around. How about Price's first touch? 19 yards to the house for a touchdown. He was a bolt of lightning going up the middle. So let's see if one of those two or both gets in the open field tomorrow and listen to the stadium erupt. Then there's Tobias Merriweather. He always finds his way into the conversation with Notre Dame fans. Last year, he was the freshman that all of you, or should I say some of you or most of you, We're dying to see on the field. This guy should be playing. 
He had a catch. It was for a touchdown. Not bad. But I think a lot of you wanted more. Well, Tobias got the start against Navy, targeted twice, had a drop of a pretty easy pass, did not have a catch in the ball game. Marcus Freeman praised other parts of his game, but we just didn't see a catch. And I mentioned this to Eric yesterday on the program, that I hope Merriweather gets a touch early in the ball game. Now, I'm not one of those individuals that says, you got to get the ball to him. If you can get it to him, great. If you can design something to get his hands on the football early, personally, I'd like to see that. Get that pigskin in his hand, make a play, something positive, and then start to build him toward bigger and better things this year. So if I had my way, I would hope that Tobias gets an early touch in this game and let's get something positive going for Tobias and let's see where that takes us. Also, I am looking forward to seeing a little less 12 personnel. I understand that was the right thing to do against Navy, but that's not flashy. I want to see the sports cars out there. Not the 4x4s. I want to see the sports cars, the skill guys with speed. Three, four wide receivers. Heck, let's go five at one point. Let's just go nuts. But I'm looking forward to seeing some different sets. Made sense to go two tight ends last week with Navy wanting to come after the Irish quarterback. And, boy, Sam Hartman made them pay in the ball game with three touchdown passes against the Blitz. So, yeah, multiple wide receiver packages, less tight ends. They're going to get some catches in this game, there's no doubt. But I'm looking more for the sports car over the 4x4 trucks in this ball game. Now, I just said I want all these fancy cars out there, but I will add in one thing. Holden stays the tight end. I'd like to see him split out from the line of scrimmage. I think there's something there. I think there's something to be had. I think Holden Stays is going to impact this offense in the passing game. And I'm hoping it starts tomorrow. If not tomorrow, it's going to be very, very soon. All right, our second topic in our hat trick of opening topics to get this Friday edition of Sportsbeat underway. What do I want to see from the Notre Dame defense? The list is much shorter on the defensive side of the football. We are told that Tennessee State is better defensively than they are offensively. There's an or next to the quarterback position on the depth chart. I have a feeling that what I want to see will be reality. I think there's going to be a pretty good party in the Tennessee State backfield. The Irish defensive line is going to be able to get to the quarterback, and I'm sure they're going to want to throw the ball quickly. Two-step drop. In the shotgun, take the snap, get it out of your hands as quick as you can. Problem is, Notre Dame's got corners that can say hello to you at the line of scrimmage, jam those wide receivers, then stick to them like glue. So the ability to throw the ball quickly, if that's what the Tigers want to do, it could be very difficult against Benjamin Morrison, Cam Hart, Christian Gray, Jaden Mickey, on down the line. So that quarterback for Tennessee State, whoever's on the field, they're going to have their hands full tomorrow against that 
Irish defense. I just mentioned his name, but something I want to see, I want to see Christian Gray in man coverage. We saw him in fall camp against Irish wide receivers. Now let's see what the freshman can do against some wide receivers for the opposition. And will Jalen Sneed have a bigger role in this particular game? We're all excited to see this freak of an athlete break through, make plays at the linebacker spots. The Irish got some pretty good linebackers playing well right now, so it's tough to take somebody off the field. But Jalen Sneed, this might be part of his unveiling tomorrow against Tennessee State. And our third topic for tonight, just a really quick thought. Did you watch the NC State-UConn game last night? First up was the announcer horse, like he'd lose his voice in the middle of words. It was it was a really interesting broadcast. I kind of felt for him. It looked like he was fighting to pump out the words. Some of us with colds in our throat can totally understand that. But, yeah, it was, it was kind of a strange broadcast. In my preseason top 25, I had North Carolina State in my top 25. Based on the secondary they have coming back and acquiring Brennan Armstrong out of the portal to be their quarterback after his time at Virginia, Armstrong reunited with his offensive coordinator from Virginia two years ago, now at NC State. So could that get Armstrong out of quite a funk last year when they changed offenses? He went from 4,000 yards to barely getting half that. Now he's back with that offensive coordinator. And last night, I don't know, maybe they were saving their good stuff. But I wasn't wowed by Armstrong. He was what I would call pedestrian. Ended up 17 of 26 for 155. No touchdowns, no interceptions. I thought his accuracy was off at times where they could have made some better plays had the pass been on the money. Now he did use his feet well, and that's a great weapon for Armstrong. He had 19 carries for 98 yards and a pair of touchdowns. It was a struggle for NC State against kind of a 500 UConn team. UConn took a 7-0 lead, went right down the field on the NC State defense. The Wolfpack on that drive had a heck of a time stopping the run. Their defense got better as the game went on, but Notre Dame's defense is much, I'm sorry, Notre Dame's offense is much better than UConn's offense. So again, I'm sure they didn't show a whole lot I'm sure they have a lot in their bag of some interesting tricks and different looks to surprise Notre Dame. But I was underwhelmed by North Carolina State's performance. Now, I don't want to say they're going to be a pushover in Raleigh against the Irish. Sure not saying that, but it was a team they blew out last year. Maybe there just wasn't that much juice. I mean, it's the first game of the year. You should have juice. But it was just a, an odd performance. They got the job done. They won 24-14. But I definitely left that game thinking this is a very winnable game for the Irish. I thought all summer this was going to be a tight, nail-biting type game. 
I feel a lot better about Notre Dame's chances, even though I had them winning the game in my preseason picks. I feel even better about that pick after watching that game in stores last night. All right, we'll take a timeout, 5.30 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. When we come back, I want to play you some audio from a press conference earlier in the week featuring the young Irish running back, Jadarian Price. We will check the Notre Dame opponents and what they have in front of them this weekend. All coming up as we continue to focus on fighting Irish football. The night before the season opener, the Fighting Irish taking on Tennessee State 3.30 kickoff right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's James Parrish. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the strike. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10 5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. at Sports Radio 960. WT, a live stream available at WSBTradio.com. Our free WSBT radio app and live, a video feed on the Twitch app. Less than 24 hours away from kickoff, 3.30 Eastern time from Notre Dame Stadium. The Fighting Irish taking on the Tigers of Tennessee State University, led by Ohio State great Heisman Trophy winner. Terrific running back for the Tennessee Titans, Eddie George. Pre-game coverage starts at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning right here on WSBT Radio. Well, Jadarian Price waited a long time to put on that Notre Dame helmet in a regular season game. Price, a freshman last year, early enrollee, had a really good spring practice blue goal game. And then soon after, an Achilles injury, needed surgery, obviously, and cost him the 2022 season. He worked his way back. I'm sure overcoming physical and mental hurdles from that Achilles rupture. And he made his debut over in Dublin against the United States Naval Academy last Saturday. And Price took it to the house from 19 yards out on his first collegiate carry, finished four carries for 25 yards, and Price was rewarded with an opportunity to speak to the Fighting Irish media earlier this week. Uh, I think we prepared, you know, really, really hard. Um, we challenged ourselves to, you know, finish every rep in practice, and fall camp was, I mean, compared to last year, I think it was a pretty tough fall camp, and, and we showed that we can prepare for anyone who uh, we're coming up against. So I think that was our biggest thing is our preparation uh, overall and the standard we set in the running back room as well. During first touchdown, how did it, how did it feel walking into the end zone? And, you know, what's it been, what's it, what's it been like being back trying to replicate that this upcoming weekend? Oh, it felt, it felt great. Uh, I mean, it was a blessing. I, first off, I thank my, my linemen. You know, when I saw that hole, I knew 
this is my opportunity to hit it, so I got to hit it as hard as I ever hit it. And that's what I did. And I, once I scored, I didn't know what to do exactly, but uh, thank God I did. And, you know, once I did that, I, I think it, it took some stress off me and it gave me a little more confidence. Like, okay, I did this on the national scale and I, I can go out there and perform every time. So. And then having that background, every guy from the backfield touched the floor, touched the field in that game. You know, what's the room like when all you guys have success in, in the same game? Yeah, uh, Coach McCullough preached to us all summer. He was like, every one of us is going to touch the field. We're all going to have an opportunity to show our uh, talents and our skill. And, uh, you know, maybe some people outside this room didn't believe that that could happen. Five running backs play in one game, but it's happening. It's going to continue to happen. And I think uh, we want to continue to show what we have and uh, just, you know, set the standard offensively. I'm not sure what you guys got back. I mean, me personally, I got back this morning. What's the, what's the adjustment, you know, coming back to this time at all? And, you know, kind of hit the ground running again. I mean, my neck is still sore from that plane ride. I'm 16 hours total on the plane. I, that's, that's the longest I've ever been on the plane. But uh, it was a good experience with the team, um, just being around those guys a lot. And, you know, we're used to it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad we got to do that. So. Getting more, uh, getting more confidence just going out doing the game. What's kind of the next step for you at this point? Uh, next step is just continue to um, take advantage of every opportunity I'm given because, as, as I once said, we, we do play five backs, and I'm only given so many opportunities on the field, and so I'm going to take advantage of every single one and make sure I do my job. And then once I do my job, uh, celebrate with the ones who help me do it. So. And the offensive linemen, you talked about them you know, briefly, but it's been on their production in that game and uh, what they meant to the offense as a whole. Oh, definitely. Uh, we're an O-line, D-line driven program, and I think we have the best O-line in the country. And uh, we, can, we will continue to show that every week. So. There you go. A few comments from Irish running back Jadarian Price. Four carries, 25 yards last week. Probably a few more carries coming up tomorrow against Tennessee State. All right, let's take a look at what's happening this weekend for Fighting Irish opponents. And let's get started with Navy, who the Irish beat 42-3 last Saturday. The midshipmen are taking the weekend off. Next week, the Fighting Irish go to Raleigh to take on North Carolina State. And as we mentioned a couple of moments ago, the Wolfpack got the job done. Wouldn't call it impressive efficient they went to UConn and beat the Huskies 24 to 14 you got Central Michigan opening up in East Lansing tonight against Michigan State and the Spartans are right around a 13 and a half point favorites against the Chippewas Central might be able to keep that game close we'll have to see the Ohio State Buckeyes their first game of the year is going to be tomorrow, and it'll be a Big Ten conference game. They will head to Bloomington to take on Indiana. The Hoosier Ball Club is right now not telling the world who their kicker is. Coach Allen decided he's going to keep who his kicker is a secret. I'm sure that scared the hell out of Ohio State's coaching staff. What are we doing? All right, 3.30 kickoff, Ohio State at Indiana. The Duke Blue Devils and the Clemson Tigers, two Notre Dame opponents on this year's schedule, will square off Monday night down in Durham. Tigers right around a 13, 14-point favorite against the Blue Devils. Duke 
was one of the surprise teams last year. Mike Elko, the former Irish defensive coordinator, first year at Duke, went 9-3 and three with that club. But they didn't play Clemson. They didn't play Florida State. They didn't play the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. All three teams are on this year's schedule. Duke has a lot of important players back. I mean, they have a lot of starters back from a 9-3 and three team. So this might actually be a year in which Duke could be as good, maybe a tick better than last year, but yet the record goes south because of the strengthening of the schedule in 2023 with Clemson, Florida State, and Notre Dame. Cade Klubnik, a couple of opportunities late last year to run that Clemson offense. Now he starts this season as the guy for Dabo Sweeney's squad. Riley Leonard, Cade Klubnik, two really good quarterbacks in the ACC, debuting Monday night down in Durham. Another future Notre Dame opponent, the Louisville Cardinals. Jeff Brom left West Lafayette for his alma mater. And he will start his tenure as head coach of Louisville down in Atlanta to take on the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. That game is coming up tonight at 7.30. Georgia Tech is a a 7.5-point underdog against Louisville. That's a home dog I like. The USC Trojans already have a victory under their belt. They beat San Jose State 56-28. And now USC will welcome the Nevada Wolfpack to the L.A. Coliseum tomorrow night at 6.30. The Pitt Panthers open up with a whopper against Wolford. That game will be 3.30 tomorrow, and it will be the debut of former Irish quarterback Phil Jerkovic running the Panther offense. Wake Forest, the next-to-last game for the Irish this year. They opened up last night at home against Elon, one of three schools to offer current Irish quarterback Sam Hartman a scholarship coming out of high school. Elon and Wake Forest and Charlotte were the three schools. Wake Forest beat Elon last night 37-17. And the replacement for Sam Hartman, his name is Mitch Griffiths, and had a good debut last night, 19 of 30 for 329 yards, three touchdown passes, and he was intercepted one time. Phil Steele, who has that great college football preview magazine, I think talking to the Wake Forest coaching staff, if I remember correctly, they compared Griffiths to John Wolford, a Wake Forest quarterback from a few years ago that the Irish faced. And finally, the Stanford Cardinal. That'll be the final game of the regular season for the Irish out on the farm in Palo Alto. Stanford... Their opening game of the season with their new head coach will be in Honolulu against Hawaii. That game later tonight. And Stanford is a slim three-point favorite on the road against Hawaii. So that's a look at the Notre Dame opponent schedule for this weekend. It is 546 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And our program tonight It's being brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. For 13 years, Folds of Honor 
and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at feedindiana.org. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the family inn. By South Bend Orthopedics. Trusted in the community for 75 years. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. By Legacy Heating and Air. Ask how you can get free maintenance for life and save like a champion today. And by the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. And good luck to the Cayman football team heading down to Northridge to take on the Raiders tonight at 7. A game that you can hear on our sister station, 96-1 the ton. Brian Miller and Scott Bovenkirk will have the call. I think they went to double overtime last year in the matchup between those two teams. We'll see what happens tonight. 12 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Our Twitter question of the day is on the way next from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's time to let go of your least favorite part of game day with Driver's Seat Chauffeur and Shuttle Services. Driver's Seat is your go-to transportation team. With us at the wheel, you can relax on your way to the game. With our safe and reliable services, comfortable and roomy vehicles, and numerous amenities, there's nothing more you need to do. Plus, we're available for so much more than getting you to the game. Call now for a quote or book your next adventure. 574-564-6050. Driver's Seat, South Bend, Mishawaka, Elkhart. Life is easier with us in the driver's seat. On Thursday, September 14th, One Roof St. Joseph County, in partnership with United Way of St. Joseph County, is hosting its first ever golf outing at the Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Amazing course, amazing prizes, and proceeds will benefit the One Roof Neighborhood Centers that brings multiple nonprofit and social service providers together under one roof in the heart of neighborhoods that need them. Go to uwsjc.org slash golf to sign up. That's uwsjc.org slash golf. Please sign up by September 1st. Great schools are a part of any vibrant community. That's why First State Bank makes a priority of supporting local students with their school spirit debit cards. Hi, this is Adolfo from First State Bank. We've already donated over $350,000 to our local schools, and we're excited for more. Join us in helping fund academics, arts, and athletics right here in our community. You shop, First State Bank donates. It's that easy with your First State Bank school spirit debit card. Call, stop by, or visit bfirst.bank today to get started. First State Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Nate Zolman. Now at Zolman's Best One Tire and Auto Care. Get up to $150 savings with select tire purchases. Now through September 4th, buy four eligible Bridgestone tires and get $70 back by mail on a Bridgestone Visa prepaid card. Get up to $100 when you use your CFNA credit card. Also from May 18th until September 4th, 2023. You can get an additional $50 instant savings with an eligible tire purchase. Subject to credit approval, see store for details. Serving you and your family for three generations. Zolman's Best One Tire and Auto Care. 
You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. 552 at WSBT. Well, just for a second, think college basketball. Think about the Crossroads Classic, Indiana, Purdue, Butler, Notre Dame. It was a fun series while it lasted, but it has now gone away. And former Irish head coach Mike Bray, I think he kind of soured on that Classic as time went on. And now the Classic is no longer. Well, Matt Painter at a charity golf tournament was asked about the demise of the Crossroads Classic, and here's what the Purdue basketball coach had to say. Keep doing that, and that was something, you know, with the Crossroads Classic, that wasn't on us. Like, you know, we even though um, our record wasn't great in it, I thought it was great because you're playing two quality teams in Butler and Notre Dame. That was some other teams, you know, in that that, that, that spoiled that for everybody. But um, just trying to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I think he knows who he was talking about and we all know who he was talking about hey sometimes you just run out of excitement level for something and you move on and that's what we have done so hopefully something like this can come back I I think I read the other day Notre Dame and Purdue are are in the same little classic next year so Matt Painter versus Micah Shrewsbury that would be a lot of fun of course Micah has worked for Coach Painter on a couple of occasions so we have that to look forward to down the line. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, our Twitter X question of the day from yesterday centered around fantasy football. Fantasy football drafts have been probably taking place the last couple of weeks and a bunch more this weekend. So I asked you this. The main guys going at the top of fantasy football drafts at the quarterback position, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. You got Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Normally, one of those two will go in some order at the top. So I went a little further down the list because I had this dilemma in my draft recently. So I was curious to see what you all thought. In a fantasy football draft, which quarterback would you pick first of these four? Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals, Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, or the Chargers' Justin Herbert? Here are the results. Getting 10.6% of the vote, the old Oregon Duck, Justin Herbert, of the LA Chargers. Austin Eckler ate up a lot of Charger offensive touchdowns last year. He had a handful of rushing touchdowns. Herbert though, it seemed like last year was a bit of a down year. Still has a lot of great weapons like Keenan Allen, but Herbert fourth on this list. Who would you pick first? Burrow, Fields, Jackson. Third place in the voting, getting 15.2% of the vote, Justin Fields 
of the Chicago Bears. Thousand-yard rusher, is the passing ability going to be a lot better this year? I actually thought he would get more support in this vote. Didn't happen. Second place in the voting, a guy more experienced doing similar things. Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, 18.2% of the vote. And the guy that I actually picked for my team won this vote handily. Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals, 56.1% of the vote. And I'm excited. On my team, I've got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So that combination hopefully will light it up a lot this year. All right, so you pick Joe Burrow over Fields, Jackson, and Herbert. Today's question, you can vote right now on my Twitter X account at 960 Sportsbeat. Will Notre Dame score 50 or more points against Tennessee State? That's right. Will Notre Dame score 50 or more points against Tennessee State? You can vote yes or no. Just log on to my Twitter X account at 960 Sportsbeat. We'll take a timeout. Some sports wagering picks for college football is coming up in a couple of moments still to come. I speak with Blue and Gold's Tyler Horka about Notre Dame football. And we'll wrap up next hour with Sam Hartman, the Irish quarterback. A radio interview on the Dan Patrick Show heard right here on WSBT Radio earlier in the week. 558 at WSBT. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. Due to the shortened shows this week, we have not had a sports wagering segment since Monday when we went 3-1. and one. And now we're 19-3 and three in our last 22. Pretty good stretch. But now it's football season. And we have some college football picks to get to. And week one is tough. We don't truly know everything about these teams or much of anything, to be quite honest. So there's a lot of gut that goes into these picks. So let's do the best we can and see what we can come up with. Five picks for tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. We'll start with a game tonight. It is Stanford with their new head coach heading to the islands to take on Hawaii. Stanford is favored by three. Everybody I've seen on Twitter is taking Stanford. So probably listen to them because I'm the oddball. Hawaii was competitive against Vanderbilt in Nashville last week. Now home opener. There might be some extra spirit after the disaster in Maui with the wildfires. So I'm going to go Hawaii plus three. At minus 110, bet 10 to win 1909. Again, I'm the only one, so that may say something. Now three picks for tomorrow's action. Ohio State at Indiana. I'm going all Buckeyes here. The fact that Indiana would not name their starting kicker publicly, all I need to know. Buckeyes with their new quarterback. I'm taking Ohio State. I'll lay the 30 
against the Hoosiers at a buck ten. Again, you bet ten to win nineteen oh nine. This pick was a tip from our good friend from Beeson out in Las Vegas, diehard Notre Dame fan Tim Murray. So let's go with Tim on this one. Colorado State at home will take the 11 points against Washington State. Again, minus 110, bet 10 to win 19.09. Tomorrow night in Shambana, it's Illinois taking on Toledo. In my preseason top 25, I have Illinois number 25. I have Illinois winning the Big Ten West. And based on watching Minnesota and Nebraska last night, that's two teams they're not going to have to worry about. It's going to come down to Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. Brett Bielema's Fighting Illini hosting Toledo in their opener. We're going Frightening Illini laying the 9.5 against the Rockets at minus 108. It's the underdog pick. That's all right. I'm all Bielema here. Bet 10 to win 1925. And finally, my fifth and final pick. This game is Sunday, and this could be another dandy. Hopefully it lives up to last year's game, which was a barn burner. It is LSU taking on Florida State. I have both of these teams in my top ten in my preseason poll. I've got LSU ranked higher. So let's go Bayou Bengals laying two and a half against the Seminoles at minus 110. A $10 wager would win you $19.09. So, tonight, Hawaii plus three. Tomorrow, Ohio State minus 30. Colorado State plus 11. Illinois minus nine and a half. And then Sunday, LSU laying two and a half against Florida State. I hope you have a great, great weekend. 613 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coming up next, Blue and Gold Illustrated's Tyler Hork and I just sit around and talk a little pigskin. We'll talk all things Notre Dame football coming up next on WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Thanks for sticking around, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on this Friday. Well, I joined Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated each week to have a live Notre Dame football conversation on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. And I want to offer you a little bit of our insight that we had earlier this week on Notre Dame cruising by Navy 42-3. to Does the performance Saturday change your expectations for the 2023 Notre Dame season? Uh, one word answer is yes. And the nuanced convoluted answer is it was just Navy. Uh, it was a season opener, uh, obviously. So there's still 11 games left to be played. I don't know how much stock you can really put in to just one game, but if you're Notre Dame and you come out of that game, I mean, what, what did you miss outside of literally just missing a field goal? Otherwise it would have been 45 to three, but offensively, uh, you have the ball, what is it, seven or eight times, and you score uh, seven times or six times, six touchdowns in the game. 
the only times that you don't score, I think, is the very last possession when Steve Angeli comes into the game. And then uh, the missed field goal attempt that I just mentioned as well. So obviously when you're watching Notre Dame, you want to see what um, the offense is doing because you have Sam Hartman now. And first drive, touchdown. Second drive, touchdown. I mean, all the way up until halftime, this thing's 28-0, to zero, and you're sitting there thinking, this is exactly why Notre Dame went out and got this guy. So uh, I think it does change the expectations because remember when we were having the conversations, Darren, in April, in March and April, and Sam Hartman didn't look like he was fitting in, and I knew that was going to change. I knew Sam Hartman was going to get the feeling like Sam Hartman. But holy cow, it showed up in game one, and he was almost flawless. I mean, what was he, 19 of 23 for 250 and uh, four touchdowns? Doesn't get a whole lot better than that. And then the defense pitching a shutout through 56 and a half minutes, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that, even if it is Navy. I wrote about that today at blueandgold.com, what we learned about the Navy or the Notre Dame defense after the Navy game. And... When I went back and rewatched this game, it was just uh, situation after situation, Notre Dame looking fantastic. And I'm going to pop this up on the the screen here. Uh, This is the article that I wrote at blueandgold.com. I'm trying to – it doesn't want to – doesn't want to scroll for me there. But but anyway, the the gist is I I watched the game, and I just saw, okay, Navy's ripping off. 14 yards, 11 yards on, on those first few plays. And then all of a sudden, Jordan Botello gets a huge tackle, stuffed at the line of scrimmage. That resets a possession. Javante Jean-Baptiste, uh, late in the first half, Navy's driving. And he gets a, a tackle for loss. Navy ends up trying to kick a field goal late in the first half just to get some points on the board. Missed the field goal. So uh, offense, defense, I saw everything that I needed to see, even though it was just Navy for me to change my expectations for this season, or at least heighten them a little bit. I think the ceiling for this team might be a little bit higher. What do you think, Darren? I want to mention one thing really quick about Hartman, a play that symbolized how he can be different than some of our more recent quarterbacks. When he threw the touchdown pass to Jaden Greathouse, the second one, he would, he'd moved out of the pocket. He rolled to his left and it looked like he was going to run. But he kept his head up, Tyler, and he found great house in the end zone. And I'm betting a couple of our more recent quarterbacks wouldn't have kept their head up and looking into the end zone like he did. They would have just ran, which is fine, and, and pick up yardage. But he never took his eyes off his receivers downfield and made a great throw off the platform and got the Irish a very easy touchdown to Jaden Greathouse. That play kind of symbolized just one of the ways he's a little different than some of the more recent quarterbacks that we've had. You know, I've said on the show, on my show back in South Bend, since we got Sam Hartman, I felt like he was going to be the best Notre Dame quarterback since Brady Quinn. Now it's one game. I'm not going to jump to conclusions, but it sure feels that way just based on, I mean, Tyler, the way he knew the offense, made the correct checks at the line of scrimmage, and once he got the football, made great decisions down the field those things are going to carry over those aren't just navy type plays those are plays that are going to happen throughout the season against the best teams in the country so as we've talked about when you've been on my show great quarterbacks 
can cover up deficiencies on a football team. And I'm not quite sure yet where all the deficiencies are on this football team. But if they have a couple, this quarterback has the ability to cover those up. Yeah, and I see someone in the chat mentioning the safeties. Uh, maybe that's one of the deficiencies that we're talking about. We really didn't get to see uh, because Notre Dame was playing Navy, and I think Navy attempted, what, uh, all of seven passes. So I'm not sure about the safeties. We'll, we'll find out by the end of uh, September for sure when Notre Dame plays Ohio State, who, by the way, uh, today on Tuesday, Ryan Day mentioned that it will be Kyle McCord who is starting uh, this week against Indiana for Ohio State season opener. I expect Kyle McCord to be the starter come September 23rd against uh, Notre Dame as well. Um, but we'll see. Ryan Day says he wants to play both of those guys, Devin Brown being the other one. Look, they're both five stars, so uh, can't really go wrong. And, and maybe it is a thing where Ryan Day really feels like they can both play, but I think it'll be all Kyle McCord come September 23rd. And if those safeties are an issue, like um, here we have another comment here. James Lawrence uh, Zensi says safeties is what I'll be watching the most in week two. We'll get to a little Tennessee state talk. I think we're going to finish this podcast with uh, what we're looking for, for no from Notre Dame against Tennessee state. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not wrong to say the secondary because we didn't see a whole lot of that in uh, week zero against Navy, obviously. But just to wrap up this conversation on what we did see from Notre Dame, again, uh, Sam Hartman looking nearly flawless. The ability to play five running backs, that's another conversation we'll get into in this podcast. And then um, defensively, I thought, you know, the, the front seven is what was going to be tested in that game. And the front seven played pretty well. You saw a play from Riley Mills, Joshua Burnham made a play. I mentioned Javante Jean-Baptiste, uh, pretty much everyone. I mean, Jack Kaiser, Maris Leofau had two of their best games in Notre Dame uniforms. So um, you talked a lot about Hartman just now, Darren, but what else? I mean, I mentioned all of those other things. You had to have been impressed in some other ways too. You know, I think one thing that really impressed me more than anything else was the depth we saw on defense. And I know the comments made about the safeties a moment ago are, are extremely fair, but you take a look at the snaps in the game, Tyler. I believe there were nine defensive linemen that had at least 14 snaps in the ball game. You had the four linebackers had at least 27 snaps, Sneed being one of those. You had all the safeties in the corners playing. So my point is this, Marcus Freeman emphasized to his coaching staff, we need to build up the twos and the threes because of their limited game experience. And you had a Navy offense that we all know that can be very difficult to deal with. The way Al Golden prepared this team, the game plan, and even the twos and the threes understanding their assignment so well, you take a look at late in the ball game, they were still doing a really good job stopping that Navy triple option attack or at times spread option, whatever you want to call it. I'm just really impressed. No matter how deep you went down the depth chart, there was quality play. People knew their assignments, and that's a credit to Al and the coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I did an article here, and I'll, I'll pop this up. Uh, I do it for both sides of the ball, where I look at pro football focus grades the very next morning uh, after the game. I mean, I, I think I was – I guess I was ahead, um, obviously. Five hours ahead, I think Ireland is. But I was up at, like, 9 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning after staying awake until um, 
5.30 a.m. local to put together our blueandgold.com magazine, which if I had time to stop at the office, I would have gone by there and so I can display one here uh, on the video for our video YouTube live watchers right now. Don't have one. I'll get one at the office tomorrow. But yeah, up till 5.30, then I'm up at 9 or 10, just waiting for pro football focus grades, waiting for pro football focus grades. Um, and finally, I think at the 11 o'clock hour, which would have been six o'clock Eastern, they dropped them. And uh, I was pretty impressed, especially on offense. I'll share the the defense here. But basically, if, if you read this here, um, grades in the 70s, and this isn't like your uh, your high school or your middle school type grading system, grades in the 70s are uh, what does it say here? Very good to good. So if you're getting 70s, you're doing you're doing things right. And if you if you read here, uh, let's make that a little bigger. Javante Jean Baptiste, 75.7 overall. Uh, Jack Kaiser, 73.1. Maris Leofau, 72.2. These are the guys that I was mentioning earlier, Darren. Where I was like, yeah, I, I saw them make plays. Jordan Batello. I mentioned that stuff on, on that first drive. If Jordan Batello doesn't stuff. Uh, Dabble Fofana on that fourth carry of the game, he might he might rip off a 10-yarder ten, ten right there, and then you're thinking maybe he's going to tie this thing up, but it didn't happen. It's those plays that just kind of alter the momentum of drives. Notre Dame had plenty of them, and it, it kind of shows up here in these pro football for, uh, focus grades that I'm referencing here. So I thought those are interesting. They're always interesting. Go to blueandgold.com. Uh, because it is a premium article. I just gave a little bit of it away. Obviously, Pro Football Focus is also something that you have to pay for. Um, but blueandgold.com, I'll, I'll put those up, and then I'll kind of write some takeaways at the bottom of that. Uh, we'll do that one more time here. Th these are like my takeaways. I'm like, okay, this is what I saw from that chart. So very interesting stuff, kind of like the stuff we were talking about, Darren. But offense, defense, very good. I think it it, it alters the expectations for this team. Uh, let's move on to the next topic, though. Okay, and remind folks to make sure you give the thumbs up on this video and subscribe to the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. Next up, Tyler, let's talk about the Irish offensive line. TKY21 asks, Tyler, you were concerned about the Notre Dame offensive line exiting fall camp. How do you feel now? Yeah, this was the uh, the impetus. This was the really our whole show last week, right? We started with it. I think we circled back to it in the middle, maybe even mentioned it at the end. I was very worried. Um, but then, Darren, on, on your Sports Beat pregame radio show, you asked kind of the same question. Um, what do you kind of expect from this offensive line? And, and the answer that I gave you was, you know what? It's game day. These guys are about to play in three or four hours, and I actually feel kind of good about it now because when you think back to how it played out in fall camp, uh, fall camp was a whirlwind. It, it went by very quickly. But you think back on it and you say, that was three and a half weeks of Rocco Spindler and um, Pat Coogan playing starting reps at guard. And then they're, they're next to Joe Alton, Blake Fisher, and Zeke Carell day after day, day after day. And at that point, I said, maybe Joe Rudolph is onto something here. I think these might be the guys. So on Monday, obviously, I was feeling a little iffy. By Saturday, I was like, let's give these guys a shot, see what they have. They played fantastic. Uh, if you go and watch some of the film, again, like I said, I rewatched the game. 
push after push after push. Notre Dame was getting it. Audric Estime wasn't being contacted until he was five yards downfield. Jadarian Price is scoring a 19-yard touchdown on his first ever collegiate carry. I mean, that all goes back to the offensive line. As good as Jadarian Price is, and I, I want to shout out a um, someone who said in the chat, it said something about Jadarian Price being twitchy. Um, it's a good thing that I can't find it in the chat. That means we're, we're having a lot of people uh, hone in there. But but somebody said Jadarian Price is twitchy. Yeah, he is. But the offensive line is powerful. And I wrote about that at blueandgold.com. When you have five, a stable of five backs plus a really good offensive line, that that's going to take you places. So um, I feel a little bit better about it now. That's Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated blueandgold.com you can hear our entire conversation on the blue and gold youtube channel more budweiser's weekday sports speak coming up you'll hear from irish quarterback sam hartman who was a guest on the dan patrick show this week that's coming up next on wsbt Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 